Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to discuss the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Thursday, October 18th. I'm Shannon, and I'm joined with by Stacy and Sarah. And we are here today to talk about ghosts and gothic novels. Hello, ladies. Hi, Shannon. Good evening. Are we ready to talk about spooky, scary bookities? Oh, so ready. I can't wait. I've been looking forward to this all week. Surprisingly, I am pretty excited to do this too. I didn't <clears throat> think I would be. I thought it would be a huge struggle since ghosts are not my thing. But I'm actually pretty excited. So let me get the sort of introductory stuff out of the way and we can dive in. Perfect. You can search for us on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. Once you're there, you can like and follow the page. And if you want to, which we certainly hope you do, you can click to join our Facebook group for listeners and the hostesses <coughs> of the podcast. If you want to get in touch with us for any reason, you can, of course, use Facebook to do so, or you can send us an email at thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Again, thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's all I have. So, Sarah, do you want to start us off, and then I will follow you, and then Stacy can finish up? I'm so excited. I have four books that I love and the first one I'm going to talk about is a series by an author named Stacia Kane. It is the Downside Ghosts series. The first book in the series is called Unholy Ghosts. And this book is like so incredibly good. I cannot even tell you. Um, Shannon and a couple other people recommended it to me because I said, I really need a dark hero. I just finished a book and I need a dark hero. And she's like, okay, I will find you. <clears throat> I want you to read this book and the hero is really dark. But the interesting thing is the heroine is also, um, she's not dark like in the way that you would usually think this, this world. It's like, it's, it's not exactly like it's our world. So it's a, it's um, like, I'd say modern times, but not exactly our world. And the, when she is a like a ghost hunter and um she works for what they call the church but the church is actually not a church it's like the it's like the church of truth or something like that i might not be saying the name exactly right but basically they had a several years ago something where all these dead these ghosts these creatures like got out and kind of like went rampaging through the world and these sciencey people figured out how to contain the ghosts and so it's not a church like where you follow like a higher being it's like truth <clears throat> and the heroine works for this church she is also very interestingly, she's an addict. 
And, but the drugs that she uses are not ones that we have ever heard of. They are part of this world. And you would think that it would interfere with her ability to do her job. But for the most part, it keeps her on an even keel. She had a horrible, horrible, horrible childhood in the foster care system. Um, I believe her, she doesn't really know who her family was, but I believe they were killed during the initial like uprising of all of the ghosty type creatures. So she is tasked with different cases and she hunts the ghosts and she has to trap them. And her, I'm going to call him her drug dealer. He has another name, but who she works for um, on the side because she needs to have enough money to fuel her habit. His name is Bump, (laughs) which is so, the reader for these books is Bonnie Turpin. So if you've ever read The Help or a couple other books that she reads, she's just like the most phenomenal reader. And the way they talk, they have this lingo of talking. It's just, I mean, it's literally the most amazing thing. So Bump is her dealer and his like chief enforcer Everybody calls him terrible. And I know it sounds stupid when I'm describing it, but terrible is probably one of my most favorite, enigmatic, interesting heroes of all time. And everyone's very afraid of terrible. Obviously, his name is terrible. So uh, he's probably pretty imposing and intimidating. I was quite drawn to him. I thought he was quite sexy. But he works with our heroine whose name is escaping me right at the moment to sorry. Oh yes. And she, and she goes by Chessie. Yes. And yes, or chess. Thank you. And, um, they have to solve these cases in these books. And of course they grow closer throughout the course of this series. And they learn all of these interesting things about the church and about science and about, things that happen that the church really doesn't have things as, as together as they say they do. And they don't really just the whole thing. And I, I can't say a ton about these books because if I do, it'll give it away, but you have to read them in order. They build on each other. They are not standalone books. So they all flow into each other. And literally in one week, I binged and read all of them. You can find them if you like audiobooks. You can find them in the Audible Romance Package. They are another series that I will probably go back and buy. They were phenomenal. So if you like ghosty books, if you like books about characters who are interesting and flawed in a good way and have their own struggles, I would highly recommend that you read Stacia. Kane's Downside Ghost series. And again, the first one is Unholy Ghosts. I cannot read the fifth book because once I do, there won't be any more. I know. And I can't really like, bear the thought of that. I almost cried when I finished it. Like literally almost cried. And I, I, I couldn't, I didn't even know what to do for like a week afterwards. Like nothing. I was so into that world and it just was I just keep it on my iPad and I like look at it. Oh, I could oh. read you, but then I know it'll be over because even though it says she's working on a sixth book, it um, said that since like 2014, though. Yes, so I, I'm not sure that she is. 
but it's and lovely and great. She, the fifth book she does end well enough that you're not, it's not like the first four books where you like, if you didn't, I would not have wanted to read this series while it was coming out because no. it's one of those where they really leave you hanging. Like she'll, they'll wrap up whatever case they're working on in the book, but there's always something that leaves you totally hanging at the end. So you want to just dive into the next one. Yes. So I just keep holding on to this one and teasing myself. With it. It's a really good book, Shannon. You really should read it and then just go back and reread the whole series. Ah, I could do that. So my first pick for this episode is a book that I finished in the middle of the night, very early this morning. <laughs> and after I finished it, I was very, very afraid to go to sleep. <laughs> and then when I did finally go to sleep and then it was time to wake up, I did this and my partner left and I was home in my house by myself and I was very afraid to take a shower. So <laughs> <laughs> that was me yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And I am not usually affected by books like that. Like, you know, I read all these serial killer things and I'll be kind of like nervous, you know, and like in the moment that I'm reading it, I can feel that tension. But then once the book is done, I'm usually just like, oh, okay, you know, it's fine. But not so much here. So this is The Fate of Mercy Alden. Oh. And it is by Wendy Webb. Um, I'm very grateful to the Audible Romance Package for this because it's where I found it. And I love it so much. So this is the story of Grace. And Grace is returning home to her family's really big kind of mansion that is located near Lake Superior. Ooh. And she hasn't been home in 20 years. And there are a lot of reasons for this. But we don't get to know what they are right away. So she's coming home. Her 16-year-old daughter is with her. And they're coming home to lay Grace's mother to rest. She has died under some kind of mysterious circumstances. Well, once Grace is back home, she finds that her mother's death could be connected to this mystery that happened like 50 years ago when one of Grace's aunts went missing and a famous author is rumored to have killed himself at a party being held at this very grand mansion. So Grace is really trying to piece together what happened to her mother. And, of course, this leads her to try and figure out what happened you know, 50 years ago. Where is her aunt? What happened to this author? And she learns all kinds of spooky things that I was in no way prepared for her to learn. <laughs> There's also a very cool romantic um, element to this story. It's not, how do I say, it's not the, the focus of the story, but it is a very nice counterpoint to all of the tension and terror that this book evoked. Um, she begins to have feelings for this guy named Matthew, who is the minister um, at the church that her mother attended. And he's just a genuinely, like, caring, kind man. And I loved watching the two of them build this relationship. So this is The Fate of Mercy Alden by Wendy Webb. And I do not recommend you read it if you are alone or about to take a shower. <laughs> 
or if you want to go to sleep anytime soon. But it is a fantastic read. It's a ghost book that I genuinely love, and that is very rare because ghosts are usually not my thing. I read a Wendy Webb book about a year ago. I feel and, like I read a Wendy Webb and book, And I too. screamed out loud, and I was actually quite frightened. I She really had a way of keeping you very um, – very, um, just, I was so into this book. I couldn't put it down and I was so terrified. I wanted to put it down, but I was so invested in this woman's journey of discovery about this haunting. She writes these really interesting atmospheric books and a lot of them take place, um, like up near Lake Superior. It's just, it's interesting. I I really liked the book that I read by her. So I will definitely pick up this one. She is called the queen of the Northern Gothic. Ooh, I love that. I think that's a great title. So my first book, talking about Gothic and atmospheric, um, I have been waiting to talk about this book ever since we started this podcast because it is one of the most amazing, terrifying ghost stories of all time. And it is called... um, the Haunting of Maddie Claire by Simone St. James. I know, right? And this book had everything. It, the, the writing was perfect. It again, it just she sucked me into this story, and I was living through these events with this young woman in the story. And I, I was so terrified, and I could not put the book down. So, The Haunting of Maddie Claire by Simone St. James takes place in the early 1920s in England. And uh, it, it kind of focuses on um, the aftermath of World War I. And um, the, the heroine in this book is a young woman named Sarah who's alone in the world. What a beautiful name. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and she lives in this, you know, boarding house in London. And she, um, she works at a temp agency. And she, that's what she does. And, and, but the jobs have been scarce lately. And so she's two weeks behind on her rent. And so she gets a phone call from the temp agency one day saying, um, there is a gentleman who is requesting um, assistance, but it has to be from a woman. And she's kind of like, this sounds a little skeezy. Like, I don't know what to do about that, but I need to pay my rent. So she meets this man um, at a coffee shop and finds out that he is the author of some um, books featuring different hauntings around England. And he goes and checks them out and then writes stories about them. And these are the more obscure ones. So um, he asks her if she would be willing to act as his assistant for a week and come to this haunted um, home uh, in the country, in a small town, and, and kind of help. Um, and the reason why he's requesting her instead of his, his normal assistant is because she's a woman. And the ghost hates the ghost that's in this uh, in this home hates men hates them and becomes incredibly violent if a man even enters the house. So she goes. Sarah goes because she feels like she doesn't have a lot of options right now. She needs to make some money, and she encounters this ghost who is actually Maddie Claire. And I've never read a story where a ghost was so sentient and so vividly portrayed and terrifying. And um, I've never read a book where a ghost could touch you. 
I and literally just have chills ooh, up down my arms. I'm I know. sorry. And oh, in oh. the most frightening scene of the book, it has the thing that would be my worst nightmare, which is the ghost is hovering over her in bed, pressing down on top of her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and while she's up there, she ends up meeting um, the author's assistant, Matthew, and um, their romance is sort of a counterpoint, as Shannon said. Um, it's kind of a counterpoint to all the darkness and the terror. And like I said, it's very gothic. It's atmospheric. The writing is so lush and gorgeous and really uh, just really evokes everything that this woman, this young woman named Sarah is feeling. And the story is just incredibly amazing. So if you want a ghost story that makes you want to pee your pants, go ahead and try (laughs) reading The Haunting of Maddie Claire by Simone St. James. She won a Rita Award for that book, actually. Um, It's it's. Yeah, it's it wasn't was her that first. her first book? Yeah, yep, it was very good. I second this. Yes, she's I my actually, favorite ghost author. I think I actually will be talking about another Simone St. James book later. I hope that's okay. I'm so excited. I love it. <laughs> I'm reading it again right this moment. <laughs> well, no, not right well, this moment. <laughs> right today. So my next book that I am going to talk about is. It's a ghost book, but it's kind of in the romantic romantic suspense genre, which I do not read romantic suspense because it terrifies me more than ghost books. But um, Karen Robards is an author that I have loved since I read, I think the first book I read by her was One Summer, uh, back when I was in college. That was kind of a creepy, like, ghosty reincarnation-y book it was a creepy book it was creepy yes Yes. I love it but it it had Johnny Harris in it Johnny Harris who is hot 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 but anyway loved him but and Rachel Grant was yes her name yes but so I every once in a while when I see a Karen Robards come out I get interested because I like her a lot but I haven't read a lot of hers because I don't like straight thrillers. They make me really, like Stacey said, they just make me want to pee my pants. But this series by Karen Robards, I gobbled up and read every single one because there is a really sexy ghost in it. So the first book is in the series is called The Last Victim. It is very scary. So it is about um, a woman, Dr. Charlotte Stone. She goes by Charlie. And she went with her best friend and her family. They like went somewhere for the evening when she was 16 or she and her friend did or something. And they came back to the house and um, she didn't feel good that she was out with her friend. I think they went like drinking with some friends or something and she came back and she felt really crappy. So she went in the bathroom in the basement because she kind of felt like she was going to um, be ill. And while she was in the bathroom, she heard a sound and it was, there was, I, I don't even know if I can say this part out loud. There was a, there was a serial killer in the house and um, he got the whole family except for her. She was able to sneak away. Her friend was tied to a pipe in the basement and she told her she was going to get, she told the friend she was going to get help and was able to sneak out but saw some pretty horrific things along the way. Well, after this happened, 
she was not able to get help back in time. She tried and wasn't able to. And um, the friend's body was found on a boardwalk um, a week later. And then the friend and the mom started visiting her as ghosts. And this has really obviously shaped Charlotte's life. She became a forensic psychologist and she worked with convicted serial killers trying to figure out like why they did what they did and how this could happen so that she could try to help solve cases and make people safe. But she sees ghosts all the time and they sometimes help as she solves, you know, works and helps solve cases. However, nobody knows that she sees ghosts. So she's at the prison one day doing an interrogation on this very hot um, person who's accused of being a serial killer and he's in prison and something happens while she's there and he's killed and his ghost follows her wherever she goes. He won't leave her alone and he's like super hot and super amazing um, if you like super hot ghosts and he is she tries to get rid of him at first and then she's drawn to him and then she's drawn to his story. So throughout all the next several books, because of course this is, she has to solve several cases and he's involved in helping her with these cases. And of course, nobody knows that he's there. And while they're solving these cases, she falls in love with him, which she thinks is like kind of strange because he's a ghost, but it happens And she, while solving cases for these different crimes throughout the series of these books, she pieces together what happened to Michael Garland, the ghost, in this book. And I don't want to give any more away, but it's a really, really good book. Very scary. I was scared. Besides the ghost part, it was a little too realistic for me. I didn't, I, I, it was scary. It is called The Last Victim by Karen Robards. And there are like, I think, three more books in the series. I really liked that book a lot. I think I read it in under a day. I couldn't put it down. Did you read all of them? No, I have to go back and reread. I have to start over. I know this was Shannon's favorite book of all time. Oh, yes, totally. I know how much you loved it. I hung in really well until, and I forget which book this happened in, until people went out on the astral plane and had sex. And then I was just like, done. well, that had to, cause that's how they could touch each other. I don't know. It just, it, the whole thing worked for me. I don't know if it's because I like Karen Robards. I don't know if it was cause there was enough, like, I don't know, like normal stuff in it. I'm not sure, but I just, I really liked it. And I felt really bad for that cop who was, like, so obviously in love with her. Yeah, I know. I felt bad for Tony, too. she couldn't, like, give him the time of day. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't either if Michael Garland wanted to glom onto me. Uh Uh-uh. I'd be like, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think, I don't remember. I know his life is not sad at the end. I can't remember what happens to Tony. The cop. My next pick is also a mystery but it doesn't have any ghosts no because that's how i roll because we know how much you love ghosts shannon yes so this definitely falls into the gothic portion of the program 
Um, this is The Death of Mrs. Westaway by Ruth Ware. And this is one of those really creepy psychological thrillers that I love so much. But it's set in this very creepy house out on the moors um, in, like, northern England. And it reminded me, it had the feel of, like, the old Victoria Holt books or the mm-hmm. old Phyllis Whitney books. Um, different in the sense that, like, the, you know, the mystery was a lot more intense than those were. But it, it had that feel. So this is the story of Harriet, and she goes by Hal. Harriet. Harriet. And Hal is a tarot reader, but she doesn't really believe in tarot. This is just like what she does to make money. And she has kind of a crappy life right now. She owes some money to a loan shark, and her business is failing, and, and things are just very bad. So she gets a letter in the mail, and it's addressed to her. And when she opens it, it says that her grandmother has just died and has left her some large sum of money. And so she needs to come to this like family home and claim her inheritance. But this is not possible. Like this cannot be for her because her grandmother died many years ago. And so how, how is this possible? But she decides that she's going to go to this house and she's going to pretend to be the person that they seem to think she is. And she's going to claim this inheritance and use the money to pay the loan shark and like get her business back together. And it'll be fine. Never mind that this is sort of um, not a very moral thing to do, but she can't concern herself with that. So she travels to this house and there's this really creepy housekeeper who, like, you just sort of know that this person has, like, bad things in their mind. Is her um, name Mrs. Danvers? Is not. <laughs> but it kind of reminds me of that that creepy butler guy from Flowers in the Attic. I never like, read it. I didn't either. Oh, never mind. <laughs> but this, like, very creepy person that you, you just know, like, they're up to no good, but you don't really know why. And she also meets a member, like actual members of this family who have reasons, like all of them have reasons for not wanting this like portion of the inheritance to be claimed. And she goes and she's trying to figure out like how these people connect to her. Like, do they connect to her at all? Or is she just like in the middle of a huge con? Um, and it's, it's wonderful. It is very atmospheric, very intense, um, like I said, it put me in mind of a lot of those like early gothic novels that I read so much in like junior high and high school. Um, I loved it a lot. It's one of my favorite mysteries of the year. And it again is The Death of Mrs. Westaway. And it is by Ruth Ware. I love the old style gothics. They're so shadowy and mysterious and I'll have to check this book out. The next book I'm going to talk about, though, is not shadowy and it is not mysterious. I'm going to talk about the In Boonesboro trilogy by Nora Roberts, specifically The Next Always by Nora Roberts, which is the first in the trilogy. And this trilogy centers around um, the Montgomery brothers and their mother um, who work together. They own a... uh, they own a business where they, um, they rehab buildings or they, they build new ones. Um, 
And so the building that they're currently working on, there's an architect, there's like a planner and there's like um, the, the carpenter and their mother who kind of bosses them around and tells them, you know, exactly how she wants everything to be done. Um, and the, it's this wonderful family business. Um, they, they're a very close knit family and they have been since, um, well, they've always been a close knit family, but um, the father died when, when the three boys were still children. And um, so anyway, in the first book, the next always um, they, the, the brothers Beckett, Owen and Ryder are helping their mother rehab and renovate an old inn in the town of Boonesboro, Maryland. And um, so as they're kind of building this, you know, kind of renovating this inn, um, they discover the ghost of a young woman who is kind of hanging out there. And she's not scary. Every time you see her, she smell, you, could, you smell honeysuckle and she's just this young, lovely woman who allows herself to be seen on occasion. And Beckett, who is the brother in the first book, The Next Always, decides to call her Lizzie and kind of, you know, starts talking to her. And Beckett has carried a, what do they say? Like carried a torch, carried a torch. Yes. For this woman named Claire since high school. And Claire was married. Um, and her, um, her husband, um, was in the military and died and she has three small boys. Um, and so she owns a bookstore in town called turn the page and so she and Beckett slowly start, you know, kind of forming this really lovely relationship that um, is actually one of my favorites. It takes its time. Usually, you know, in a Nora Roberts book, especially in the older books and the trilogies, the first sex scene's always in chapter 10. And <laughs> I remember, yeah, and it, it was like a thing. It was a joke. I remember I would call our friend in college and he'd say, oh, we're on chapter 10. And we all knew what that meant. And, um, this one though, it's a slow build and, and the, um, Beckett really, um, gets to know her, her three boys. And it's just, it's a lovely book. And the three women in this, in the trilogy, Claire, Avery and Hope are, are close friends. And the, the overarching, the, the story arc that kind of continues through is, um, they're trying to solve the mystery of who this ghost is. Um, and why is she still in the inn? And she asks them to help find someone named Billy. For her so that's what they're trying to do solve her mystery so she can move on and these books are just really lovely to me you know there's nothing scary about them they're not I don't ever want to scream when I see Lizzie in the stories but they're just lovely books and you know if you want a really nice read with like a nice you know latte on a cold day I really recommend the In Boonesboro trilogy by Nora Roberts um, the first in the series is the next always so I think Nora Roberts, one thing I really, I, I don't, I don't get as obsessed with Nora Roberts books as you do, but every once in a while I get obsessed with a trilogy. But one thing that she does really well as somebody who has two boys, she writes little boys so well. She writes yeah. relief. I remember like gut laughing and cackling. I don't remember why at the moment, but something in the first book with her boys, like they do something like one of their shenanigans and I'm like, oh my God, those, there's like such like realistic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was yeah. just so funny to me. She and, writes boys really well. And the other thing that I like about a lot of her trilogies are the, the friendships yeah. um, that yes. are formed. And that to me, her books to me are very comforting. You know, a lot of people like, I hate saying this, but you know, a lot of people like those cozy mysteries, you know, 
And I hate the word don't. I know, but, but, (laughs) but those like her trilogies to me, like invoke those same feelings that, you know, I won't keep saying that word, but those types of mysteries do for some people. But um, the ghost was lovely in this book and she was not scary at all. The next book that I am going to talk about is the first in a series. Again, I guess I like a lot of series, 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 whatever the plural of series is. I like to read them, I guess. And the next, it's called, it, I'm talk, going to talk about the Charlie Davidson series by oh, yay. Dorinda Jones. <laughs> and so the first book is called First Grave on the Right. And here's the thing. So you start off reading these books and you like, at least for me, I like gut laughed and I found them so funny and you think it's going to be kind of like this like rollicking like playful series and it's not at all but um the main character I guess I like books about people named Charlotte as well because this character is also named Charlotte but she goes by Charlie just like Charlotte Stone but this is Charlie Davidson and she realized as a child that she is actually the Grim Reaper So, but she's not creepy, like my son who's going to be the Grim Reaper for Halloween has a creepy costume. No, people pass through her to get to the other side, and ghosts all over the world see her because she's like this beautiful, sparkling thing. And she's also a private investigator, and she works above her dad's bar, and her best friend, Cookie, is her assistant. And just the way they banter back and forth, like, cracks me up. Uh, So much I can't tell you. So Charlie is trying to solve all these mysteries in every book. And every mystery involves, like, a ghost coming to her or someone saying they lost a family member, but Carly, or Carly, Charlie can see the ghost behind them. So she's solving all these cases um, I, there are 12 books currently. I think thir- the 13th one is coming out very soon. I am at the very beginning of book 11. These books are read by Lorelai King. And if you like audiobooks, and she is a literally the most phenomenal reader. So she's perfect she, for the series. She's literally perfect. Mm-hmm. Her voice is awesome. She can read male and female characters and delineate the voices so you know who they are. So in the first book, Charlie, you find out that there's this person, this, this creature that seems to like appear out of nowhere when Charlie's in pretty severe danger. He has a scythe and he's really, he's like hooded and like, he's been around since very early childhood and he has saved her life many times, but he scares her because he is scary looking. And she calls him like big bad because he just is like this scary person. Bad creature. Yes. And so what she slowly learns is that, 
big bad might actually not just be this creature that she sees that he might be this real person. And she realizes that in this case that she's trying to solve that this boy that she helped many years ago is in prison and that he is not, he is a lot more than what he seems to be. And his name is Alexander Pharaoh and they call him Reyes. And he is one of the most amazing heroes. Dorinda Jones said that she really liked reading J.R. Ward and that she wanted to write a sexy hero like J.R. Ward's heroes. And I think Reyes is pretty awesome. There are a lot of aspects to this series that I am not telling you because just like the Karen Robard series and just like the Stacia Kane series, you cannot read you can't just jump in in the middle like, oh, this 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 premise of this book looks interesting. I think I'm going to start on book five. You have to read every book in order and everything builds on everything else. And I can't tell you a ton about the plot because if I do, it'll ruin stuff for people who haven't read the books. But it is just – I love Charlie – I love all the cases that she solves. And in every book, at least one person, she writes about one person and she might've only seen them, met them, been around them for, it might only be like literally a minute long description, but somebody will pass through her to the other side and she will get like all these flash glimpses of their lives. And the way that Dorinda Jones writes about these people she just makes it so beautiful. Like, you know, she'll just get these little snippets of their lives. And it's like this beautiful, joyful thing for them when they are able to pass through her and go to the other side. And she gets all these snippets of their lives. And it's just such a small part of the book. But most of the time, the ghosts are not mean ghosts. They are people that are attracted to her by her light. She's like the light of the world. Like, people just are so attracted to her, the, the dead. And so if you want a good series... I just can't even say enough good things about the Charlie Davidson series. Read them. So good by Dorinda Jones. First book is called First Grave on the Right. Guess what? The second book is called Second Grave on the Left. (laughs) Well, I I think the thing about these books that I love is that they get progressively more intense and more uh, detailed and involved and intricate. And so there's always like that kind of slapstick, um, sort of lighthearted, humorous bent to them. But as as the plot thickens and develops, they get just really intense and fantastic. I'm glad to know that because I read the first one and it drove me insane. You, and I you, said, I cannot read any more of these. You kind and of yet, have to get past it. Okay. Yeah. And, well, I, I finished it. So I'm, I'm past it. Maybe um, I have the second one here, so I may give it a try. They're really good. My next pick is In the Shadow of Blackbirds by Kat oh, Winters. I love that book. And this, I was drawn to this not so much because of the ghosts involved, but because it takes place in 1918 during the great influenza epidemic. And there's something kind of wrong with me, I think, because <laughs> I really like 
<laughs> to read books about plagues and diseases and illnesses. Um, I, I shouldn't say these things. Like people will think I'm like very, um, very <laughs> totally judging you right now. And I'm just kidding. yeah, <laughs> dear girl, bless her heart. She's a little <laughs> strange. It's okay. <laughs> so this is the story of Mary Shelley Black. And she's named after the author of Frankenstein. And she has come to California to live with her aunt after her father was imprisoned for being what people thought of as like a sympathizer um, of the Germans because the First World War is raging. So she comes to live with her aunt and she's there like not only to kind of have a home and hopefully escape the flu, but also to hopefully connect with the boy that she has loved since she was a child. Unfortunately, we learn pretty early on that that boy has died um, in the war. And his brother has set up a business being like a spirit photographer. And he believes, or he says that he believes, that he can capture the images of like people who have died. He can take pictures of them with their loved ones. And so he's like basically making himself a very wealthy individual doing this. And Mary Shelley does not believe in any of this. And she thinks that basically he's just conning a bunch of people and she really dislikes this. But she starts being visited by the ghost of the boy that she loves. And through his appearances to her, she starts to realize that there's more to his death than what she originally thought. So she starts trying to figure out what really happened. Did he die in the war? Was someone like close by responsible for his death? Like what really happened? And she is joined by this man named Aloysius, who is determined to prove that this ghost photographer is a fraud. So there's a lot going on here. It's a very, very multi-layered book. And I really liked it. I wasn't sure what I would think going into it. Um, And once I started, I did not want to put it down. This again is In the Shadow of Blackbirds by Kat Winters. I found it fascinating. I did. And the thing I found the most fascinating about it was the kind of the the superstitions that people, they thought if they did certain things, it would ward off the influenza. Like they wore onions, onions, garlic. Yes. Um, So I don't know if they were like kind of equating the the flu with like vampires. I mean, I'm kidding, but I mean, it was very (laughs) strange. And all these people were very suspicious of each other. And if if you made like one little cough or sniff, you know, it could start like mass chaos and mass hysteria. And I, I don't know, like I, I loved, I loved everything about it. I love the ghosts. I love the mystery. But for me, just the whole, like, to think that a hundred years ago, this was happening in our, you know, in our country and, and the fear. And I don't know. I loved, I love that aspect of the book too. So I guess if that makes you an odd person because you like pandemics and epidemics and plague and I guess I'm just as strange as you (laughs) so 
I've made no secret of the fact that I love books that take place in the 1920s. Um, and when a book takes place in the 1920s and in San Francisco, that's like a double like bonus for me. So the next book I'm going to talk about is Bitter Spirits by Jen Bennett. And I really enjoyed this book a lot. It takes place um, in San Francisco um, in the 1920s. And our heroine is a medium. Um, she can see spirits. She does a show at a speakeasy and she can communicate with the dead and the dead kind of can communicate through her for brief moments in time and talk to their loved ones once again. And so she has um, made herself quite popular traveling around the country and working at various clubs and speakeasies around the country. And she's built up quite a positive reputation. So she's in San Francisco and She's living in this boarding house above a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown. And she is um, asked to meet with this bootlegger named Winter, who is being glommed onto by ghosts. They're following him everywhere. And the majority of the world cannot see ghosts, but something has happened. He drank unintentionally some sort of magic elixir that has given him the ability to see spirits. Um, and so his eyes have been opened. And so she helps to kind of deal with his ghosts. But in the meantime, as she's doing this, she, um, the, the two of them, Ada and Winter, figure out that there is this, some sort of nefarious plot going on. Um, all these different things keep happening to him um, with like cursed buttons and different things that draw ghosts to him with murderous intent. Um, and so they have to kind of figure out who has bespelled him and who is, you know, causing these ghosts to go after him. So it's just a wonderful romp through 1920s San Francisco. And I, I enjoyed everything about it. It's the first in a trilogy um, about three siblings. And um, it was, it was quite well done. I think my only complaint about it is I, I would have liked a little bit more. Um, I'd like, I would have liked more ghosts and I would have liked a little bit more period detail. She would throw in, you know, periodically something very specific, like a candlestick phone um, or, you know, that she wore like step-ins under her dress or something. But um, it, the one complaint I have is that it could have really been any time period. But besides that, it was quite good. It, it moved quickly, not a lot of dragging. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So if you like flappers and speakeasies and 1920s San Francisco and ghosts, definitely try Bitter Spirits by Jen Bennett. I am so excited. I think I say I am so excited about every book that I talked about tonight. Have I literally <laughs> said, so I'm very excited to tell you about, I think I've said that every time and I don't mean to, but my fourth book is a book that I could not stop thinking about for like a year after I read it. And when I was talking to Stacy and Shannon and trying to decide which books I wanted to talk about, I thought about this book and I said, would you guys care if I do a Simone St. James book as well? Even though Stacy's doing one and everyone was like, no, that's fine. So it's fine. I, it's, fine. it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> so I am actually currently rereading Silence Like the Dead by Simone St. James. For the Dead. I oh, think for. What did I say? Like. like. So I am currently reading Silence for the Dead. Is that what, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. That doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth. By Simone St. James. And this book takes place in 1919 in England. 
out in the wilds of the countryside in this creepy house that you see in the first line of the book coming up out of the fog, which is how creepy houses out in the wilds of England should appear out of the fog. And this young woman named Kitty Weeks, she's on her own. She really has nobody. She's desperate. She has no job. She lost her job. She was a factory girl. She lost her job. And her roommate in her flatmate was a nurse at a hospital in London. And she was trying to sleep one night and the flatmate and a couple other friends that were nurses were talking in the next room about nursing. And one of them mentioned a pamphlet for this hospital that is a, is a house out in the wilds of England. And it is for soldiers returning from world war one who are what they call, they're experiencing what they called back then shell shock, which now is post-traumatic stress disorder. And so of course they think that they're all just mad, which is horrifying and heartbreaking to me. And so she was like, Oh my gosh, I wonder. And she forged a letter from the head nurse of the hospital where her flatmate works. All of this we just hear about. We don't have to read about. And, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's not like there's like chapters and chapters about this, which I like. And so she is hired to come to this house to help nurse these men and take care of them. And she uses all her money, her remaining money to get a train ticket and rent a motor car to get to this house. And when she gets there, it's very forbidding. The, the nurse, the head nurse, the matron, uh, sees through her immediately says, uh, this person's like my cousin, or I know this person, uh, this, this is not her writing. I know you're not really a nurse, but we're desperate. We're going to let you stay. So from the first night that she's there, things start getting strange. She's in the dining room and um, with the men. And one of them is a total jerk. And she's trying to quietly put the plates on the table because she's told that if she drops the plates, um, the crash noise, if she puts them down loudly, it will scare some of the men. So she gets to this big brawny, there's always one bully and he grabs her butt when she's going to put the plate down and it surprises her and she drops it and one of the men starts like laughing hysterically but it's like out of terror and she like can't stand it everybody has abandoned her in this like all the other staff there's no one there to help her and she walks out of the room for a second to kind of collect herself and then there's like a yell and she comes back in and one of the soldiers is on the floor and blood is just gushing out of his nose and she helps him and, and gets everybody back together and finds out later they say, the other staff say, that he, he causes this because he sees, he's seeing hallucinations and he makes himself have a nosebleed. I don't know how you can make yourself have a nosebleed, but so it's like held against him. Like you're not getting better this episode. And then as she's in the house longer, these crazy things start happening. Like in the, in the what they call the laboratory, the bathroom that the men share, which is this huge bathroom in this home, this black, like gungy, gunkety stuff, like is like on the walls and it's like coming up out of the drain in the tub and it smells terrible, like rotten, awful, nasty. 
and she has to clean the whole bathroom. And while she's doing it, the, there's like this clanking, groaning sound in the wall. And I know it sounds kind of dumb when I'm describing it to you, but literally, like Stacy said when she was talking about the haunting of Maddie Claire, I, I wanted to get into the fetal position, suck my thumb, and try not to pee my pants. Like, it's really scary. And so she knows, like, crazy things are going on in this house. And she knows the men are having these terrible nightmares, but they don't want to talk about them. They don't want when the doctors come, they don't want to tell the doctors about them because the doctors hold every reaction that they see as unnatural. They use that as a way for them not to see their children, not to see their wives, not to see their parents. They hold it all against them. So there is a patient in this house that everybody calls patient 16 because they say they're trying to keep him anonymous, but he's not anonymous. And she ends up forging a friendship. And of course it will develop into more with Jack, who is patient 16, who was a well-known soldier in world war one. And they don't want people knowing he's here because they don't want people realizing that he got home from the war and was suicidal. He has, you know, PTSD and they work together to unravel the secrets of this house. And it is literally the most terrifying the cat just scratched the door and it scared me to death. It is one of the most terrifying <laughs> books I have read. And her writing, though, you feel like you're in 1919 and you feel like you're in this disgusting bathroom with this grungy, gungy stuff like coming out of the, the faucets and the pipes and the, and the groaning in the walls. And then, you know, when the men are having nightmares and they're screaming from their beds. I mean, you just feel like you're there. So if you like truly terrifying books, and, and in my opinion, I feel like it's ghosty and gothic-y, I would highly, highly recommend Silence for the Dead by Simone St. James. I love that book. So good. So is it a cat? at the door or is it a ghost it was a cat she are you sure if, yes because then okay. she meowed softly and i let uh, her okay she was in with me and she wanted out all right so it really is a cat not a ghostly cat it really is a cat okay my last pick is the 13th tale by diane setterfield and this came out in 2006 i've read it twice and it is super, super great. It is the story of Margaret, who is a biographer, although not a very well-known biographer. And she gets, she is contacted by this very famous author named Vita Winter. And Vita is looking for someone to write her life story. Throughout her career, she has been very, very cagey about her life. She will tell people all these, like, fantastical stories that just couldn't be true. And whenever someone asks her about her early life, she'll just, like, make up another story. And everyone knows that she does this, but they don't really know why. But finally, Vita is ready to tell the truth. And she wants to tell it to Margaret for some reasons that you don't ever completely know. Like, there are some things that are alluded to, but you don't ever know for sure. So Margaret comes to her house, which is this very, um, like, dilapidated old mansion. And she begins to talk with Vita about her early life. 
And the story that Vita tells involves ghosts and incest and other sorts of terrible things. And it is one of the most unforgettable things I have ever read. Um, it's spooky, partly because of the like otherworldly nature of some of what Vita is relating, but also because of the like very real things that happen to the characters in this story. So it's a very, very interesting mix of kind of the like spiritual and the mundane. Um, it's hard to talk about without giving away some really key details that I don't want to give away. So I will just say that if you're looking for something gothic with a hint of, of ghostiness and a really high dose of disturbance, you <laughs> will want to check out The 13th Tale by Diane Setterfield. Is that so, kitty cat? Have you read it? <laughs> Pepper says, <laughs> I don't know about all these ghost things. Cats like ghosts, don't they? I don't know. Hmm. I discovered my last pick for this podcast by happy chance. And I initially was a little embarrassed by the title of the book. Oh my goodness, cat meowing. Um, <laughs> I'm not actually that much of a cat person, but the cat thinks I am. Cats are great. I like her. Um, and so I was looking, I, I had chosen a gothic to read as my final pick and I read it and I told Sarah and Shannon, it was sort of like drinking tepid tea on a cold day. Ugh. It was just Blech. adequate. And I didn't want to talk about a book that was just adequate. So I started doing some research and I found this, this book that looked promising. It's the first in a series. Um, and it is called, you ready for this? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Ellie Jordan Ghost Trapper. <laughs> and it's the first in the Ghost Trapper series. And the author is J.L. Bryan. And I saw this and I was like, what the hell? Like, I, I didn't even know if I could read it because it sounded so ridiculous. But I read, the, I read the synopsis and it looked really good. And I read the reviews and they were very, very um, favorable toward this book. So this story takes place in Savannah, which is a very haunted city. And it is about a young ghost trapper. Um, her name is Ellie Jordan. Imagine I mean, it that. Seems, I know. <laughs> and she, is, she works at um, a private investigation company. And their job is they are called in to haunted houses to help rid the families of these, of these ghosts. And, you know, part of their job is figuring out, okay, is it really a ghost or is it like a leaky pipe in someone's basement? Or is it just, you know, whatever. And so they go to this mansion that this um, couple has just purchased and they were really thrilled because they purchased it for very cheap. And there is a, um, there is a haunting there that's pretty significant and they want to turn this mansion into a bed and breakfast, but there's so many disturbances going on that they can't, um, the, the ghost is um, hovering in the doorway of their young daughter's bedroom and doing all these things that are very terrifying so oh. Ellie goes in to investigate with her new apprentice. Um, her name is Stacy. So, of course, she's like the most fabulous character in the book. And they discover that there is not just, well, actually, I'm not going to tell you what they discover. But um, the ghosts in this book are like legit frightening. Um, yesterday, I read 
um, I was, I was literally about to get in the shower and I was reading this book and all of a sudden the, the, um, the, the wife of the, the couple who um, owns this mansion said that she was in the shower the first time she saw the, the ghost. She was in the shower and the air went Arctic, the water went Arctic and the lights went off. And she like rushed to get the shampoo rinse out of her hair. And when she got out of the shower and was able to open her eyes, there was a ghost standing directly in front of her in her bathroom. Yikes! A woman. Yeah. And she said, leave. And I was so oh. afraid. It took me about three hours to recover to the point where I thought I could actually get in my shower in my house when I was here alone. Um, so it was very well done. The story is very good. Um, and each, each story, each, each book in the series, I've actually binged this series. I'm actually now on book three, which features ghosts that um, – appear to people they come out of closets at night and I'm pretty terrified by it um but anyway these are really good books so if you want um quick reads that are quite terrifying um where um basically what what the goal is always is to trap these ghosts in in these specifically designed ghost traps and remove them from people's homes so if that is at all intriguing to you I cannot highly enough recommend um Ellie Jordan Ghost Trapper the first in the Ghost Trapper series by J.L. Bryan. You will not be disappointed. I'm thinking that J.L. Bryan, whoever that is, I don't know if that's a man or a woman, but whoever they are, I don't think they were feeling very original when they titled this particular novel. Yeah, and then like the next book is called like um, like Cold Shadows. The third book is called um, like The Crawling Dark. So that's the only book that has okay. that completely ridiculous <laughs> There's one in the series called Lullaby, so, and The Tower. There's all these different names, but for some reason, it, it kind of reminded me of, like, Ghostbusters. Like, <laughs> Ellie Jordan, Ghost Trapper. Who are you going to call? Ghost Trappers! And so, I don't know, but it, <laughs> I'm totally picturing, like, this 1980s, like, male Ellie Jordan, Ghost Trapper. Like, you know that yeah, like, yeah. The cartoon? <laughs> she only comes out at night. She'll camp in your home. She'll keep you safe from the ghosts. Yeah, but it's, it's really good. And, you know, it's, it's a great mix of, like, really funny banter and, like, um, the kind of terror that makes me want to hide under a blanket in broad daylight. So check this it out. This is all very concerning to me because I'm about to go to bed when we're done recording this. <laughs> and the only thing that will sleep with me is a big orange kitty cat who is the most, like, you know, unfrightening animal in the world. So I don't think that Mr. Kitty is going to protect me from the ghosts. Well, oh, happily, your house is not afflicted by the presence of spirits, because you would know. Because these spirits can True. be violent, and they can touch you, and they can hurt you, <laughs> and they can yeah. talk to you. So, yeah. Anyway, we're not going to talk right. about that anymore. No, we won't talk about that. Let's it's, talk it's about something joyful. dark. Yes. I don't well, know. first let's let's end the podcast <laughs> so that people aren't forced to listen to our um, terror our search. Well, our search <laughs> for something joyful to fend off the terror. <laughs> <laughs> so that is our show for this week. Thank you to Stacy and Sarah for chatting with me about all manner of spooky things this evening. As always, thanks to Christine for her marvelous behind the scenes work that she does on each and every episode that it's you listen to. truly marvelous. It She's is. epic. 
Yes, we love her. We do. And thanks to all of you for listening. Um, if you want to leave us a little treat, you can go to the podcatcher of your choice, be it Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Downcast or whatever else you listen to. And you can leave us a rating or a review. It will help other people who are bibliophiles to find us. You can find us on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. Please feel free to like and follow the page. And of course, you can recommend it to all manner of people in your life. You can send us an email if you want to get in touch with us by... I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. You can send us... (laughs) The ghosts are in my mind. You can send an email to the book bistro podcast at gmail.com if you would like to get a hold of us and perhaps tell us that we are slightly ridiculous in our terror or <laughs> anything else that you have to say <laughs> anyway i hope all of you have a fantastic week it's very cold here my grandmother told me that it was 20 something degrees this morning i'm not impressed it was cold this morning it's very cold And we'll be back next week to talk with you about more bookish fabulousness. So everyone take care, stay warm, happy reading, and avoid the ghosts. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Indeed.